0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Four Your Run. I am Sean. It is Blair. She's over there.
1: <laughs> oh, good. How many times can we get stuff to rhyme with my name?
0: <laughs> She's um,
1: not in a chair. Not in Her a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you the number of times that I have responded to something that is not my name at all, but sounds like my name. And I'm like, yeah. And then mm-hmm. and no one has called me at all.
0: I was in a grocery store this week and someone was screaming to their significant other, Sean, in a very Uh like visceral, angry tone. And I was like, (laughs) what did I do? And I shot around and was like, not me.
1: Not it. (laughs) (laughs) Not it.
0: (laughs) Thank goodness. So... I do want to let all of our uh, faithful listeners in on a little thing that made Blair very disappointed in me last week, which was (laughs) we talked about chicken fries on our intro Uh, last week. I wasn't
1: disappointed. I was jealous. That's the emotion I felt.
0: (laughs) I emerged from my recording space to my wife saying... Did you
1: talk about chicken fries? Chicken fries, yeah. And
0: I said uh, yes, I did. And then mm-hmm. uh, nice. chicken fries were requested, so chicken yeah. fries were obtained. Yeah. I immediately sent a photo to Blair, yep. which was met with just immediate sadness.
1: Jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just was like, no, you did not. You did not go out for chicken fries. I feel like I should talk about something else that I have access to that you do not.
0: (laughs) Which is just a lot of things. Which
1: is nothing, actually. (laughs) 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 We're going to have chili tonight, Sean. That's on the Uh, schedule. Nope no nope. don't like chili huh no, no. surprising surprising everyone for mm. listening that sean doesn't like chili
2: it how contains, about soups uh, can we talk
1: about soups it's not fall in florida but i really just feeling like it needs to be soup season hence chili mm-hmm. um also our cold front came through
0: <laughs> yeah your great big cold front listen everybody blair texted uh-huh. me earlier this week to inform me that sure it did. will hit 80 <laughs> degrees in florida
1: low 80s low okay. 80s low, which okay. was a
0: big deal <laughs>
1: it's a big Deal for Big us. Deal. I think the temperature was actually 68 this morning when we were outside and it was like, ah, it's slightly chilly.
0: Well, I, I saw Corey. <laughs> Corey posted that he ran in some 60s today, and I was like.
1: Yeah.
0: Eh?
1: Yeah. Upper 60s. Upper so, 60s. You know. Yeah, yes. right now it says it's 82 out. Chilly wow. season.
0: <laughs> and ironically, you I do not find you coming to us from a sweater, you know. No, oh, but you can't see
1: my feet. So, okay. Okay.
2: Okay. I might
1: have flannel socks and slippers on. <laughs> Perfect. And I did, I did um, purchase like an UGG slipper and it was worth every penny. Just I love for that. all of those out there who also have cold tootsies, uh, the UGG slipper, two thumbs up. <laughs> the...
0: So, let me just voice a little bit of my. Um... <laughs> <laughs> brand frustration in the sense that I can't I can never fully wrap my arms or mind around the fact that a company named itself Ugg, Ugg? yeah and then succeeded like
1: oh you Have you tried Uggs on, though? I mean, it's basically like walking on a happy little cloud. <laughs> and then your feet are nice and warm.
0: <laughs> so then why did they name themselves Ugg? They should have named themselves Yay. <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. I literally yeah. can't attest to any of that other than that I was spoiled by my mom years ago with my first hair, and I've never gone back. So
0: I, I get it. I do get it. I I, my one of my so your your Tampa Tom over there was once my brand ambassador, you know, as the running community likes to refer to those things. Tom (laughs) Tom was one of their models for Uggs and I was just like, come on. Too much Yeah, he's a model for
1: quite a few things now. So okay.
0: I just wanna put something out into the world. Subway has somehow found a way to make a guy that doesn't eat bread an ambassador for a sandwich shop.
1: Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. uh,
0: Here we are, Subway. Here we are.
1: I'm ready. I will talk about your subs and then not eat them.
0: (laughs) Yes. 100%. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. I would like to be an ambassador for Chipotle. I'm down for that. Yes. I will eat all of that, actually.
0: (laughs) If if anyone that sells chips and salsa, guac, guac or queso. Wants to make either of us an ambassador.
1: I am down. We're I consume Chipotle at least once a week. Typically on yes. a Tuesday because that's karate night. So <laughs> Yes.
0: Through, um, through Chicago training in 2019, it got to the point where uh, I was coming back to my office twice or three times a week with Qdoba because that oh, was the okay. closest Mexican shop to my office. Gotcha. And people were just like, hey... We know that you like this food, but it's becoming a little alarming how mm-hmm. often you're coming back with that bag. And I said, it's delicious I don't care. every
1: time, oh, like it's every time, every time,
0: every single time.
1: What's your Chipotle order, sir?
0: Um, I like a good chicken quesadilla. OK, I like a little extra chicken in there um, and I like just a good order of pick your poison with the chips give me yeah. chips and a salsa or a queso and um sail away um got it i have joked with friends that if um if someone were to offer me unlimited time and unlimited chips that's how i die mm-hmm. i just eat yeah. them and it mm-hmm. doesn't end
1: no
0: um yeah it's concerning we,
1: um Not that anyone asked this question that we talked about (laughs) this episode, but Mm -hmm. the Tostitos like hint of lime chip,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: always the chosen chip in the house. Yes,
0: it's nice. It's nice. I feel like it's the appropriate amount.
1: It is. It's like salty Mm -hmm. and a little lime. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. Yes. Yeah,
0: and I do like sometimes Chipotle. I feel like they get a little drunk on the lime squeeze on the uh-huh. chips. If yes. they get a little yes. drunk on it, I do. I do yep. like it.
1: Mm-hmm. And I like to seek out the extra salty ones.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Give me all that. Give if me all you ever all that.
1: like rub the chip and you're like, oh yes, extra salty mine.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah. All me. huh. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes. Okay. Oh my goodness. Okay.
1: Well, today we have a really great friend of mine. You, we do. We, we do.
0: He's yeah. I. Right. If uh, if nothing else, you guys will all come to find that he and I have absolutely nothing to talk about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Literally nothing. It was really hard for them mm. to connect.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So, Steven. And yes. on IG, he is running Doc SM. Yes. And... Perfect timing for Stephen to come on because last yep. week we talked to Angela. Yep. Angela gives us this wonderful thing called Secret Marathon. Secret Marathon. Stephen, yep. said, "Oh, I will take your Secret Marathon and elevate it to Secret Boston Marathon." Boston marathon. <laughs> yes. Yep. And uh, he went out and did a nice and easy seven fifty per mile boston marathon which his quads immediately told him (laughs) was a bad idea
1: yeah But (laughs) but he
0: did great yeah he did great uh i definitely loved his just overall joy of the entire uh thing which was amazing but uh my goodness we talked to all sorts of things in terms of what he's been up to and what he's gonna be up to and uh his hilarious
1: insight. Yeah.
0: awkward bone breaks that make no sense but
1: no but yeah. we're yeah. all learning right it's all a learning we're experience learning. about the things that are thrust upon you unexpectedly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep the life circumstances yes. but he did he's An excellent example of like pivoting when something happens and like it's a choice. And, you know, what kind of happens as a result of that? What can you choose to do with the circumstances that you're facing? So it was very fun to talk to him or listen. I listened a lot, everyone, because I already knew a lot of his story. (laughs) There was actually a point.
0: There was a point in us talking to him (laughs) that I was like. I have so many more questions, but Blair hasn't asked any questions. And I think that Blair should (laughs) ask questions. But I also just was like, maybe it's because they do chat so much. And Blair's just like, I'm just going to let this go.
1: Yes, that's exactly it. I knew a lot of the answers. So I needed him to tell his story. (laughs) I had
0: so much fun. It was fun. I could have talked. I mean, this could have been a three hour episode and that would have been...
1: Okay. Something. yep mm-hmm. it would have been all okay, okay.
0: yeah <laughs> oh well as uh this crazy little marathon season is kind of semi wrapping up in a weird way it seems like i never wanted to end but um i think that everyone that's gotten to get out and race um you've all done amazing and yes i want to say been really big fun congrats. to be a
1: spectator yeah
0: yeah it's Virtual been really spectator. really fun um yeah, I, I, I know I've told you this a couple of times. And I think I mentioned it last week, too, but just like watching Chicago and Boston, like I woke up Tuesday and almost wanted to like post a story on Instagram of like, so what major is happening today? Like, why don't yeah. we just have all of them in six days? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a whole lot of fun to track it people was. and see see what everyone did. So um, Blair and I just over here crushing our best lives too uh,
1: yep <laughs> we're, gonna yes. that, everyone, we're gonna leave it at that everyone because it's not about us today
0: nope it's all about Steven yep. and with that being said Blair I'm time ready. to go yes, offward onward all words
1: all the words
0: ironically all words on to Steven enjoy everybody You know, if I if I didn't know anything going into this, Stephen, which one? It's it's great to meet you.
2: You as well. But
0: two, uh, this will not aid the listeners at all. But I would have no knowledge at all that you just ran the Boston Marathon. Now, I, I will tell you if I were in your shoes, facing what you face, which we will get into, I would be one. Everybody wearing the jacket, which I respect. And two, he's got a fantastic finish strong poster directly behind his shoulder. He is quite literally a poster child for the Boston Marathon. And I love all of it. So it's it's great. It's great to meet you. And also congratulations on what we are about to get into first and foremost, because I'm sure that you would love to talk about it, which is the Boston Marathon. So
2: congrats on that too. Sure. And thank you. And thank you for having me. It's an honor to be with the both of you. Uh, and yes, this is the background that uh, my work colleagues get to see when I am on Zoom meetings with <laughs> them as well. So love I have it. no Tell shame. me
1: you're a runner without telling me you're a runner.
0: <laughs> yep. I love all of it. Um, I, I I wanted to, uh, you know, y- you had put up um your kind of like modest goals. And I saw some of our friends, Kaylee and a, a couple other people where um, you, you put up that your your goal was to s- sustain about an eight minute pace through the marathon and things like that. And you you bettered that, which is amazing. But like all of my um, all of my relatively close friends on IG were like, that's still so fast. <laughs> um, but Yeah. So I, I'm sure, and I've laughed because you keep posting through the week and you're like, was I going to stop posting about the Boston Marathon? I was not. Here's another one. (laughs) That's Um, right. So um, you, we're getting right into this today, everybody. We're like not, we're not easing in. We're just going full throttle. But um, so you have two stress fractures and looks like it's going to derail your entire Boston 125 experience. You do some swimming. You do a handful of other things. When? So I was talking to Blair a couple of weeks ago, and it's really great that we're talking with you today because we talked with Angela last week who illuminated us into her secret marathons and <laughs> you to some extent just dropped the secret marathon on everybody. What, when, when does your mind start to be like, okay, I think I can pull this off?
2: Well, yeah. To, so to answer that most immediate question, I, I don't think I was really confident that I would be able to finish it until one week before uh, when I ran 14 miles. Yeah, uh, but but to set the stage for for people that may not know me as well, uh, yeah, I was training for a spring marathon, um, and I was in really pretty darn good shape. Probably uh, my goal was to try and get back to sub three. And I was about, it was about three, two or three weeks out. And that's when the first stretch stress fracture happened. So the whole spring was derailed. Um, and so I took like six or seven weeks off, just no running whatsoever, did lots of cross training, which Blair can attest to, because she <laughs> supported my Peloton addiction <laughs> and helped further it. And in, in fact, um, but she, it, so she then has I. I did, for that. What are friends you know, for? She does. It's true. <laughs> Stephen, want to do another ride? Uh, sure. Why yes, not? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, so I, I took a lot of time off, uh, did a lot of cross training, and then did like a twelve week, very very slow build throughout the course of June, July, August, with plans to run the the Boston one hundred twenty five. Right. So then, uh, second week of August, uh, I had I was out just on a regular easy run, and I had, like I said. I don't want the listeners to be surprised or to be led astray here. I was very, very careful in how I built my mileage back up. Extremely slow. Uh, And um, I was out just on an easy run and I felt this pain. And these are both sacral stress fractures. So very low back with radiation down into the glute. Um, And I felt the exact same pain as I had back in April, but on the other side. And I was like, you have got to be freaking kidding me Uh, because I did not really even need the X-ray or the MRI that we would end up getting a few days later uh, to tell me that I knew exactly what it was because uh, I had the same pain before. Yeah. Um, and so it's an, <laughs> the, I hope this doesn't come across as sexist, but it's an old lady fracture. <laughs> <because> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the sa- it's the wing of the sacrum or what's called the sacral ala, um, And it's often what we see in osteoporotic old women, um, brittle bones and uh, for the record, I had my DEXA scan, a bone density scan, which is completely normal. I do not have osteoporosis. Uh, and spoiler alert, we also got every single endocrinologic test known to man. And my my insurance will <laughs> attest to that because I got to pay for it. Uh, and all of those came back normal. Vitamin D, you name it. Uh, but anyway, so that happened August 8th was the second one when I could tell. And so I said, well, gosh, Boston's two we- two months and three days away. Uh, this does not look promising. Um, but so I took, I knew that I couldn't run for probably at least four weeks, probably four to six. But after those four weeks, I was like, well, I guess we'll, we'll test it out and see what happens. And so I literally ran for a half mile, um, that first time out. And I was like, well, it's not worse. And I, I could walk afterwards. So it, I, I have not made it worse. And so there was a very slow build. And what I told myself from that very first run is if I can get to double digits or at least at least double digits, but preferably, you know, half the distance plus one, because, you know, we want to make sure we can do a little bit more than half right. um, that I would allow myself to try it. And and I set guardrails along the way that if if I'm going to have pain, if it's, you know, going to make things potentially worse, I'll ease back and I won't do it. But that's, that's kind of was the thought process. And of course, uh, cross-trained through all of that as well. Yeah. Well, so <clears throat>
0: I want to definitely talk a little bit about all of that you were, as you unleash there a little bit. Blair has. Um, my wife and I have also been privileged. We'll call it privileged <laughs> enough to um, be uh, thoroughly promoted through Blair to ride the bike and run on the tread. And we do love our quality time with Blair. My my because wife you, and I. You guys to
1: spend time with
0: me. We, we argue that which one of us gets Blair in the event that we would ever get separated. <laughs> um, but you were very, very diligent. Um, you did tons of low impact stuff with pool, with biking, with with all of that stuff. And I tried to do a little bit of my homework on that entire, how does that stress fracture happen? And I kind of arrived at the same place and I was like, this seems like just so... Um, wildly unexpected that you had it happen to you twice in the series of less than six months. But how, how was training and how was trying to keep, you know, I saw that you were talking as you approached Boston and Blair was kind enough to kind of let me in on your possible secret. So I was reading your posts with like a little bit of like, he's giving nuggets. He's giving little, little nuggets away here. Um, but yeah, so you kept your athleticism up pretty well. And can you speak to how you did those things? I I think it would be incredibly helpful for, you know, we know quite a few people who have dealt with some knee issues and glute issues. And um, I I am honestly guilty of uh, I've joked with our friend Kaylee's husband now about a 100 times in the last two months of like no matter what happens in my life, my butt just needs to be stronger. And so I I feel like to end 2021, it's gonna just be like nothing but glutes through the rest (laughs) of this year. Um, But I'm really interested in how the aqua jogging, the swimming, the biking, and all of that went, because it certainly helped you quite a bit because I I, I did keep tabs on you as you ran in Boston. And when you finished and it was 750, I was like, Okay. That is thoroughly <laughs> impressive. So yeah. Can you enlighten yeah. us on all that? So
2: there's a, a lot to, to go through there. And, and um, first things first, I, I, want, I do want to make sure I get to what the experience of, of Boston is like oh, when you haven't had the chance to uh, do the proper mileage and time on feet, because there's really nothing that can simulate time on feet. Um, but I knew going in that cardiovascularly, if I could handle that and not be worried about, you know, the typical can't breathe hearts pounding out of your chest. All I quit all in quotation marks, all I'd have to worry about is, is you know, the, the pounding of the joints. So uh, to take you way back, um, like uh, beginning of the pandemic, my wife was huge into orange theory and obviously that shut down. And so we looked into what would be some alternatives. And so that's when we bought our Peloton bike. And I was thinking, well, gosh, that doesn't sound really all that exciting to me as a runner, but uh, let's go ahead and get two sets of shoes and maybe I'll ride. I don't know, maybe yeah. once a week or so uh-huh. that turned into a quick addiction because there's, there's nothing you can, that like coming home from a hard day at work and you have a half hour before you're you know going to sit down for dinner and whatnot yeah. or make the dinner. And so, Let's just pop hop on the bike for a half hour. Well, that turned into a great way to get some additional cardio without putting any additional impact. And so I went through a whole bunch of uh, classes and something called the Power Zone Pack, which is kind of uh, yeah. heart rate ish based training or effort based training rather. And uh, Blair, actually, I, I think pretty sure Blair was the impetus for me to, to actually do that. We did <laughs> it together. We did do it together.
1: It was it was yeah, really hard fun. To imagine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, so then when, when the stress fractures happened, it was like, well, what can I do? Um, knowing that you can't burn the same amount of calories per se, but you can also go harder more frequently. So instead of, Uh, most running training plans will have you be doing at least two hard workouts a week, right? So something interval or threshold, and then something on the weekend, that's either a long effort or a long effort with, with uh, intervals in, in terms of um, race specific, right? So um, instead of doing those two harder efforts a week, I could do three, sometimes even four on the bike, because really you only need about a day to recover. And so I could go really pretty intensely um, on the bike. And so that's what I ended up doing uh, to recover from the first and the second stress fracture is I had to find time for it because, you know, one hour on running is not Equivalent to one hour on the bike, so I had to find some additional time, and unfortunately, that meant some earlier mornings, and also, and also sometimes in the evening. But uh, found a way to make it work, and then um, my other—I'm surrounded by people who apparently uh, influence me to do things. So just like Blair, <laughs> uh, my good friend Tyler, um, uh, who's a just a killer triathlete, uh, said, "Well, Stephen, if you're already doing the biking." We might as well just add some swimming to it, right? <laughs> you know, no big deal. Yeah,
0: just, just, it's just another one more sport. <laughs> right?
2: So as I had recovered from that that first stress fracture, um, and I was getting back to running, the pro the concept of doing a triathlon didn't seem all that foreign. And so I did my first triathlon ever, which was a sprint, which is not crazy long. I mean, the run is only yeah. a 5k. Um, but I was actually shocked at how easy the run felt um comparatively, uh, despite not having gotten really back into heavy training. Um, your legs don't forget that. And it's amazing how warmed up you are after a swim and a bike. So it was kind of a yeah. natural fit. Uh, during the second stress fracture, I was signed up for another triathlon and uh, I obviously couldn't run. In fact, the, the hardest part of the race was the uh, half jog limp that I did from the bike or from the swim over to the bike. So I did the what's called aqua bike. Uh, so the the swim portion and then the, the bike portion, um, which I'm pretty sure was uh, filled with you know, people who have blown out their knees. And so I felt like I was maybe in a strange division of uh, some elderly gentlemen, but nonetheless uh, it was fun and a good experience to, to kind of still like have that race atmosphere um, despite not being able to, to do the discipline I love the most.
0: Yeah. And so I'm, I've talked with Blair a little bit. Um, she has been uh, my run coach, who I have uh, jokingly done nothing but disappoint for the last like two. I never a half said
1: months. that. Well,
0: no, she <laughs> she she didn't, Stephen. But listen, I knew in my brain because every you know pandemic life in 2021 has been interesting to say the least. Um, but it just it, things kept popping up where I would get to. Um, like a, a warm up or a, an easy couple miles on a Friday or Saturday ahead of my long run for Saturday or Sunday. And I'd be like, oh, man, I'm feeling really great and I'm excited. I'm going to get my and then I'd wake up that morning and either my mom would have called me or something would have happened with my one of my two or three jobs or um I just would not feel great. And then the, the final straw on the camel's back was, I messaged her one Saturday morning and I'm like, hey, guess what? I've got COVID, so I'm gonna miss my long run tomorrow. Um, so yeah, all I think all of my long runs for like six weeks were just like, hey, um, that's not happening today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as I'm getting back into things, the bike is becoming my friend. We also got a Peloton bike through no pressure whatsoever from
2: right, my, my right. co-host. Um, <laughs>
1: none but i <laughs> don't even know what that thing is
2: <laughs> um, i think i think you know the the pandemic maybe it's the pandemic maybe it's other things but having the shared accountability uh has become more important mm-hmm. than ever um i agree and being able to get up because you know someone else is going to be on the bike with you or that someone else is going to join you in the pool or on a run like yeah i, I mean that's always been important to me to, to run with others has always been uh makes it easier to get out of bed but it it has seemed even more so I think yeah. over the course of the last year and a half. Once well, we could agree that it's, you know, you're not going to spread COVID by running outside together, you know. Right, yeah, you've you've definitely
0: spoken. Um, I know that Tyler is who you normally get to, to share some miles with. Yeah, you, you've definitely yeah. spoken kindly to the benefits of having a partner in, in that respect. Um, and I, I wanted to let you speak a little bit too, and I know that you've gotten to talk about it a little bit on IG just, um, you had mentioned, so not having time on your feet heading into Boston. Um, So you were running the race. I was watching the race and I watched CJ Anderson decide to go careening down the hill for the first three miles and be like, peace out elites. I'm just going to let this happen. And listening to so many of the commentators be like, this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen. like they were just like tearing him down cuz they were like this is so bad and then watching them try to like recoup their words that they should have eaten cuz then they're into like mile 17 and he was still a minute 30 ahead and then they're starting to be like uh so yeah um his lead increased and um but you know uh did, um that running downhill uh maybe not F for everybody and eventually, certainly they caught up to him and kudos to him for hanging on and catching people and passing them all back up. But I know Boston provides to, to your earlier point, lots of uniqueness that time on your feet would benefit for sure in terms of that entire race. So you spoke a little bit to your quads and to all of those things that weren't properly uh, ready for what Boston gives you. So I'd, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear about that.
2: Yeah, my poor quads. Uh, I really was mean (laughs) to them. Um, You you know, it's amazing when, as I said, I I knew that cardiovascularly, I had not lost a huge amount of fitness because of all the work I'd done, but um, the time on feet, you can't simulate that. And going into it, I was like, Steven, you, you can't be stupid here. You you really need to rein it back because you know how the course is. You've done it before, and your quads are going to take it in the first half, and you got to save something for the end. Um, and I had some friends from Instagram who were, you know, aiming for more like in the 315, 320 range. And I I would have loved to run with them. And I even contemplated it, but I was like, you you can't do that to yourself. You are, yeah, you're you're going to just blow up. Um, or your legs are going to blow up. So I I <laughs> at least thought I was holding back. Uh, I looked down after, the so it was a rolling start, right? So not the usual pack in um, mm-hmm. at Boston. And so you just crossed the line when you wanted to. And I looked down after the first mile and I'm just giddy as a school girl, just <laughs> grinning ear to ear because I'm so happy that I'm getting to do this race that means so much to me and so much to so many people. Um, and I looked down at the first mile and it's like 7.20. I'm like, oh <laughs> crap. Because <laughs> I know that I'm supposed to be running eights if I if I want to you know, be conservative. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, rain it back. And then the second and third and fourth and fifth are all the same, like 720, <laughs> 725s. I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is what we're doing. Um, and looking back at my splits now, the first, really the first 14 miles uh, were all that way. You know, 7, 725 to 735-ish, right around there the entire time. Um, very evenly and consistent. And the thing is, it felt so easy uh, and I don't mean to to speak that lightly. And just to 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 frame the context for everyone here, like when I ran Boston last time, my finishing time is literally a minute faster than I than I ran this. So this is it should feel easy, right? Comparatively, um, but the the thing that happened was when I got to around uh, halfway, so just past Wellesley, um, so the Wellesley Scream Tunnel is it is at thirteen or so. Okay. just past that, about fourteen there was a brief downhill. And I'm like, this doesn't feel great. Um, each step, I can feel something, in my quads. And the logical part of me has also said, Stephen, there are 12 miles left, and including all of the Newton Hills, and then the downhill after the Newton Hills, um, so you can, you can count on the the adrenaline for Boylston street, but that's not going to get you through the, the other miles. Um, so I was, act- this sounds crazy to say, but I was actually really happy when we got to the Hills of Newton because at least running uphill didn't oh, hurt nearly yeah. really as bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it actually really hurt going downhill. Uh, so it was, it was a nice change of that. And, and that's what I mean by you can't, simulate the time on feet. I, I would not recommend what I did for anyone else in terms of their training, but I also wasn't going to miss out on the only Boston that's ever been in the fall. And it's 125 right. year history. And I also kind of looked at, at my motivation for this as a, like, I'm going to get through this despite two stress fractures and everything else that I feel like I've been through, um, including my travel nightmare to, to get there that day. Like oh. I'm going to get through this. Uh, and so that's really what carried me through the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Your
0: your travel, um, I woke up the next morning from <laughs> your travel nightmare and I was like, things Steven probably didn't expect that he would be really close to Blair at 11 <laughs> o'clock at night. Um,
2: yeah. And, and or then, that
1: you had to fly to Orlando to fly to Boston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and a, yeah,
2: two canceled flights in a different airline and yeah, it was a good time. But, you know, I will say. Uh, it kind of solidified that if there was any stupid part of me that was like, oh, let's really go for it at this race. No, no, (laughs) clearly uh, God or uh, someone was saying to me, Yeah. Let's just make sure, you know, that you will not be attempting anything crazy at this race. You will be taking it easy. Uh, So uh, if there was any doubt, because my travel was a disaster and I did not get a whole lot of sleep, but I, I, again, wouldn't change going for anything in the world. A hundred
0: percent. So you were kind of speaking to like, there was something in you that was like, we're going to get to Boston. Is that something you acquire through running? I've, I've, I personally, and I've talked to other friends of mine who um, are possibly more conservative thinking and expectations, and then you become a runner. And within about six months of being a runner, your mind starts to suddenly perform um, spontaneous acts of uh, irrational logic where you know you have the runner that says, well I can only run three and they finish a 5K in their mind immediately like a video game unlocks 10k like they're like, well that's yeah. only twice this now yeah. uh, I you know I had a good friend of mine who ran his first 5K with us and crosses the line looks me dead in the face within 12 seconds and goes, well, I could run four. I could have run four today. Well, and then he goes, so I could run a 10K. And then that just rolls and manifests and starts to produce these incredibly irrational thoughts of like, I went to Chicago, ran a 5K, decided next year I'm coming back and I'm running the full after a 5K. Not not totally rational, but- is That's that one of my favorite
2: like, stories that you've told. Yes. I, yeah. I recall that. I, I like yeah. Um The, the so, one-year marathon training plan, uh, yeah, 5K to, I, to full. You're done.
0: I was in a car, I was in an Uber on our way into the city and jokingly posted like, come back next year for the marathon, fully expecting my brain to be like, that's the stupidest thing you could say. And then uh, 48 hours later, I'm in O'Hare Airport and being like, nope, that's real, that's actually real. Um, But is that, did that running logic get built as you became more of a runner or have you always kind of had like the head first, we're going in and taking it on?
2: Well, uh I mean that achiever type mentality uh is part of yes, is part of my strengths finder uh or one of my characteristics. But ah, will, I've taken I, that
0: too. Okay. yes. Yep.
2: Um, but I I will say that it did definitely build uh over time. So I was not an athlete growing up. I did almost no I mean I played like T-ball and stuff, but I did no <laughs> sports in high school. I was involved in everything music and um I didn't start running until actually my 4th year of med school. Uh, I was never no no athletic background in in any other sense and uh, my first race actually, after I started running, um, was a 10 mile race <laughs> I <apparently laughs> skipped over the 5k and 10k. That
1: really does make sense.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, and then I did my first marathon uh, a little over a year later. Um, and you know, did what a lot of us do, where you take a huge chunk of time off from your first marathon to your second. And then, uh, shortly after that, I was like, well, gosh, maybe, Boston is a possibility. Uh, and then I spent a long, long, long time uh, finally qualifying and getting to run it for the first time. Years, uh, actually. I was one of the, I know you've talked to Rachel, who's one of my favorite I was going to say Rachel, you know, yep. She she got cut off, the cutoff curse by one second. Brutal, I did not, brutal. I mean, I, I, my cutoff curse was, I think for Boston 2016, I want to say, uh, I had like a, I don't know, 30 or so, 35 second buffer. And the, it was like, two and a half minutes. So, I mean, I wasn't close to the cutoff, but then it yeah. took me another couple of years before I finally got to run it for the first time. And so uh, Boston itself is exceptionally meaningful because I know how hard I had to work to eventually get there. Um, yeah. It's not something that the times just came super easy or I qualified in my second shot, you know, it was multiple marathons in. So it definitely built over time. But then, you know, like I said, Boston has had such meaning because of what it took to get there yeah and
0: i i um I've been thinking this, and I you know talked to a couple people and Rachel as well after she BQ'd again here recently, and my joke has been like, if Boston finds a way to make nine and a half minute buffer not work, like the running community takes on Boston, and then we revolt um because she, she, yeah, she, she smashed her la- her last race. Yeah, she did. I, I joked with uh, Blair. And listen, everybody, this I'm not being serious, but I was like, talk to Rachel, she bqs. Talk to Andrea, she bqs. Talk to Melissa, great Boston experience. Talk to Katie, great Boston experience. You know, just. Uh, Everyone that we talked to seems to be doing great. So uh, <laughs> Jeff, you know, had a pretty good experience, yeah. had decent weather and which he said he hadn't had a good track record. So I, I joked with Blair the other day. I was like, hey, uh, you need to get out of the funk. You just come on a podcast. Talk to us for That's a little true. You what do you, your, you do about uh, us,
1: though? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, is it that we're rubbing off all of our goodwill yeah. onto other people? Okay. Okay. Clearly,
2: clearly. Yeah, okay. well, well that's good. I know you had, Blair had asked me to come on right beforehand, but th- yeah. that was the little teaser. I was like, well, I think you <laughs> might want to have me after because I kind of might be doing something big here. Um, and that's what, <laughs> Yes, that's that was the little tease uh, because yes, I had not really told anyone because you hate to put it out there if there's like you right. know, something happens, and and like I had said, I I wanted to make sure that I could at least do one semi long run <laughs> uh, to give myself a little confidence that I could complete it. I know it sounds absolutely crazy to be like, well, I did fourteen, so I'll be fine doing twenty know I'm I'm well aware of how ridiculous that sounds, uh, but there's you know, like there's really a lot to be said for uh, lifetime fitness and and uh, the fact that I mean, I had done dozens of marathons prior, so I knew right. knew what it took, but yeah. The, I, I did uh, a little bit miss, you know, maybe underestimate how badly the quads would hurt afterwards. The, probably the best story would have been the, uh, the, the people of Boston who uh, had the opportunity to wa- watch me attempt to get down into the subway. Uh, oh, no. to get back to my hotel. <laughs> so, what um, did you do? <laughs> so you have to understand in Boston, they shut down uh, Copley Plaza, the, which is the main um, subway station that's right near the finish line. They shut that down on Marathon uh, Monday. So you have to walk to the other ones, which is fine. Your legs are, you're doing a little hobble at that point. Everyone's used to that you kind of wish you could just commandeer one of those uh, wheelchairs just for your own personal <laughs> travel. Uh, so I, I did get to the next station, but there's the el- at least I couldn't find where the elevator was, which I was planning on making use of. So I had to walk down the stairs um, backwards, of course, backwards. <laughs> only to realize that I went down. The set of stairs for the subway going the other way, oh, and he's no. like, "Oh yeah, sorry, you need the other side." Because in your post-marathon stupor, you're like, "I don't know." You you know you don't know which way is up. <laughs> and so I looked at him, and you can tell he felt so bad for me because I, I I had that look like my kids look at me when I tell them like it's time to go to bed or something. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, they. I'm pretty sure the people of Boston enjoyed my uh, attempts at walking up and down stairs <laughs> uh, into the subway.
0: Absolutely. I did I did want to ask you too, um, just out of curiosity. So like we had the conversation with Melissa. She's like, yeah, I um, I like submitted my final paper and looked at my husband and said, I'm going to go run now. Like that was like her um, breakout point into running. So you were four years into med school when you decided to run. What is going on in life that makes you be like, I'm gonna go for a run. That like, is is it just the pure madness of the scheduling? Because um, my real-time job is I'm in IT for the schools of medicine, nursing, pharmacy, dentistry, public health at WVU, and I get to just witness what toll med school can take on people who are incredibly willing to sign up for it but you don't know what you signed up for until you're in it and i see them you know staying until eight nine ten o'clock in the building all the lights are out and like the courtesy lighting is on and they're still sitting in common spaces and what what stumbled upon you that said let's go for a run
2: so at the risk of sounding cheesy um And frankly, it would have been better if I had started earlier in med school, because that would have been a great stress relief for all of the hours of studying. But uh, during my fourth year, I was getting ready to, uh, or I had applied to residency. I kind of knew where I was headed and all of that stuff. And I wasn't, well, I was out of shape. Let's just be honest. Uh, I was out of shape. I wasn't like obese or anything, but I was certainly not fit and probably a little overweight. And I said, you know, knowing that I was going into primary care, if I'm ever going to counsel patients on a healthy lifestyle and trying to beat their diabetes and hypertension, whatever else, at least partially by their lifestyle, I probably should do a better job of this myself, you know, like who goes to a doctor and they tell you to quit smoking, but they also smoke, you know, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. that I didn't smoke or anything, but I certainly wasn't living a healthy lifestyle. And so I, um it was, I, I'll remember the day it was like January 11th. Uh, of that year. And I went and signed up at a gym with one of those like, you know, January 1st memberships Mm -hmm. that everyone pays for. And then they quit a month later. Mm -hmm. Uh, I said, well, okay, let's try this. And so I was so paranoid that I, that would happen to me that I went every single day for like 120 days in a row, (laughs) just because including when my son was born, I went like early in the morning and then he was born later that day. And then like I went late the next day, like after we had, everything was, you know, settled down. Cause I, I didn't want to, I was so afraid if I missed one day, that would turn yes. into two, into a week and, and whatnot. And yeah. so I ended up losing a ton of weight and getting fit and over the process found out this is fantastic. I it's, you know, I love the endorphin rush. I love the um the feeling I get of like doing something I didn't think was possible. Um, and that really developed into just an overwhelming love that beyond, went beyond just, I'm trying to be healthy for weight loss, but like, I want to challenge myself. And it's probably what kept me sane through residency because internal medicine residency is no joke. Um, you know, there's 28 hour call days. Uh, I mean, right. and I trained for, <laughs> I trained for my first marathon during my first year of residency, uh, which Holy I also do, do not recommend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably the, the thing that's craziest is there, would, there was a couple of times where I did a 20-mile long run post-call. So you've been on call uh, since the morning prior, and I... I figured it was easier to just get it done while you're in this stupor. Uh, yes. So I, uh, in, in safety's aspect, I went to the, the local Y, which was on my way home and had like three screens, uh, watching like three different shows. I also had music on and then, uh, was running on the treadmill. I was like, how many distractions can I have? So I don't oh. fall asleep. <laughs> fall asleep. Um, <laughs> and, uh, And I, I did a few 20 mile long runs that way. Uh, but you know, I, it, it absolutely got me through residency, having that to go to um, uh, both for stress relief, but also like to have this external goal to chase uh, yeah. that, um, that was separate from work life, if you will. I, I have become
0: keenly aware, like you said, I mean, you get a little bit and I am only speaking to viewed experience, but first year residents are very quickly identifiable when you're in <laughs> yes. the building with them because uh-huh. they've only been exposed to this. Like, oh, what is who needs sleep anyways? And um, they all have that just blank face. Of, <laughs> am I am I actually awake right now, or is this me dreaming that I'm still doing the thing I did for 26, 28, 36 hours? Yeah, you you spot the first year residents really really quickly. Um, that is. Uh, marathon training during first year residency is you can know.
2: say it. It's insane. I, it's a I insane. freely admit it.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, so now I'm uh, wondering, does residency take you to Nebraska? Is Nebraska where you grew up? What's, what's the story with how you end up in Nebraska?
2: Sure. So we, I actually grew up, uh, just a little bit East of here. So, um, okay. in over in Iowa, uh, and then I came down to, uh, Lincoln for Lincoln, Nebraska for college, which is where I met Aaron, my wife. Um, we were both, uh, drum majors in the corner marching band, like conducting awesome. the band. Um, and then, uh, did my med school and residency in Omaha, uh, at the university of Nebraska med center, and then stayed on as, as, awesome. as staff there. I, uh,
0: I didn't have the coordination to be a drummer, but the drum lines in all of the bands that I grew up around were my favorite part. So props to that too. Um, I, I actually sometimes, Stephen, like am just like living in my regular life and I'll like stand up from my desk to go get lunch or something. And my like Uniontown High School, like marching drum corps cadence will just like fire off in my brain. (laughs) um, My oldest sister was a silk in the band. And then like from the time I was like seven until the time I got out of high school, I was subjected to the same you know, cadence that they played for all of their marching and all of that stuff. So it's just like ingrained in Mm -hmm. my head. And I'll just like suddenly find myself just tapping that on my counter and I'm like, I'm 36 and I'm still playing the Uniontown Marching Band drum corps. Like it's been it's it's been beaten into you. It's in there. But um, yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Um, I also saw that you ran. I, I told Andrea this. This is like a bucket list race for me. Just I'm a designer. I'm also someone that likes things set up very organized and the Good Life Habsie people look like they have all of their ducks in a row and they hired great people to design awesome things. I love the irony of some of their things. Um, and I, I saw that you ran that race and that made me incredibly happy. Um, I want to go run that race. I actually wanted to run it. Uh, I like messaged them 18 months ago and was like, I will see you people next year. And then hello, COVID. Um <laughs> But I do want to come out and run that race. So if I do, I'll I'll have to talk to you and Andrea. I'd love to see you guys out there.
2: Yeah. Uh so that's, that's a funny story. Um so good life have is, is a fantastic race. It's ex- exceptionally well done. And like you said, it has a great atmosphere. They really have fun with it. Um yeah, I, I've I've run it a couple I've pasted it, I don't know, a hand uh handful yeah, three I, or four times and I've I've raced it once as well. It's this coming weekend. Um and spoiler alert in a oh uh, no. <laughs> In a, another <laughs> series of bad decisions, uh, I made have
1: bad seen an
2: email that came to me. was like last minute. We still have spots available. So somebody might be have- running that next week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <fantastic>. wow,
2: okay.
1: <laughs> it's not. Uh, but, new information. but yes, you should absolutely come
2: out. You can certainly stay with us and you should, you should do the race. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, you're just stacking secret race on secret. race <laughs> at this
0: point, And I love all of it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you just I really
1: can't say no. It's really I, what
0: it is. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It's
2: true. <laughs> I, how do you think
0: Blair and I started this podcast?
2: <laughs> I'm very good at uh, saying I've heard no. That story, what was it so like? Uh, this would be fun. Why don't we try this? Can't be that mm-hmm. hard, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, next
0: uh, next year, I am definitely gonna put that down on my calendar. I I really do. Um, and you know, the first time I brought it up to my wife, she's like, "Oh, good." Like, so I tell her the name. And she's like, that sounds amazing. And I show her the graphic and I show her what they did with the medals. And you know, they had hats that year and it was all super cool. And she's like, this looks great. And then it is followed by this immediate, Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it. But uh, yeah, I really do want to go. She's in on it now, too. She thinks it looks really, really fun. So um, it's definitely on our list. I I, I want to go out there and I want to get to know them. And uh, I have tons of friends, you now amongst them, that I'd love to just get out and run with and chat with and have a good time with. So I will keep you in, in, uh, in the loop as we figure out our, hopefully, hopefully race schedule for 2022 Absolutely.
2: Yeah, you know, Omaha and Lincoln actually have a pretty decent um racing scene. It's not always the most uh uh doesn't always make the most sense for instance we have like three, I'm not making this up, three marathons in the span of like four weeks in Omaha. Uh, they're all really wow. small and they should just combine, but that's a whole nother story about the organizing. Committees marathon, and, stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Lincoln has a, a fantastic spring marathon in May. That is uh, their claim to fame, honestly, other than being put on by the National Guard is that um, their water stations uh, along the course, uh, you get cups that have straws on them. I'm not making this up. They, they have little, they have lids with cups. It's fantastic. fantastic. So there's no worry about like doing yes. the half pinch as you're trying yes. to run. Uh, no, it's with straws. They don't mess around. <laughs> I, that,
0: I'm that i very, very proud of them for thinking that up. Cause how many times have we all almost drowned in just an eight ounce cup of water on a race course Is
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And you get <laughs> to finish on uh, and for Nebraska, like we have no professional sports, right? So uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers are, we live and breathe and die for. Uh, so you get yes. to field on the finish on the field at, at Memorial okay. stadium. So that's, that's cool. Yeah, they're a cool claim to fame. I've paced that as well. I've, I think I've paced probably every, uh, Omaha and Lincoln race, but it's just cause I can't get enough of them.
0: <laughs> I can, I can. So I did grow up in, <clears throat> I grew up near Pittsburgh. So I was raised kind of in a town that had sports, but I live near Morgantown, West Virginia now and. We have the exact same thing. I, I think it's like what, Nebraska, West Virginia, Alabama, and certainly the the Dakotas. I don't know if the Dakotas will ever get any love for pro sports teams in Montana, but <laughs> yeah, like all of West Virginia is just WVU sports teams, and oh, sure, that's the sure. entire thing. So yeah, I I can I can connect with you on that level too. Um, I,
2: I have not been to to West Virginia yet. They're they're one of the states I have not yet done for. Uh, for my 50 state quest so i'll, I'll have to
0: come out yeah. there at some point yeah um <clears throat> i have a pretty good friend of mine that um there's a place it's a really 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 small area um it's a beautiful area though it's it's called Canaan valley and he's a race organizer he's starting to he started with a half marathon he's starting to build up to some bigger races some some marathons and some trail ultras and things like that but uh yeah whenever you decide to look up your West Virginia um, race list, let me know. And uh, yeah, there's lots and lots of hills, no surprise here, but um, yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) We live really close to um, a place called Cooper's Rock State Park. It's got tons of trails and, um, but yeah, I'll come out and do the Havsy. You can come this way, we'll figure out something.
2: Great. <laughs> yeah the, the yeah as long as yeah that'd be great uh, i have great stories from so many of the states that i've done because a, a handful of them are obviously raced for prs and, and whatnot mm-hmm. but then uh, a whole handful are just like i want to check off the state and it's convenient um and you know what's a, a fun one that i can do while i'm there uh, i've done a couple on on vacation like when we've taken the family to um uh, the Rocky Mountains, I did one, uh, a downhill race uh, outside of Denver and uh, similarly in Wyoming. I hope there's, I'm not offending any Wyoming listeners, but there's not a lot for great marathons in your state. Sorry. Um, but when we were there, I did did the uh, marathon in Casper. Um, okay. But one of my my favorite, uh, just checking off a state was um, uh, when, when I did Pennsylvania, actually. Yeah. So uh, I did Philly, which is an absolutely fantastic race for the record, but yeah. I was pretty much asleep for the entirety of the race. And, and what I mean by that is um, this was just prior to the pandemic. Um, I was giving a presentation for work in China. Oh, man. And what does this have to do with Philly, you're asking? And that's a good question. Well, <clears throat> we happened to be flying back from uh, or through New York And uh, a buddy of mine was like, hey, do you want to run the Philly Marathon with me? I'm like, well, I'm like just getting back (laughs) the day before. But sure, why not? So I flew flew into New York uh, in the evening and then took a train from New York to Philly and then ran the Philadelphia Marathon literally the next morning on like no sleep whatsoever. Uh, But it's a beautiful course. It was a very light rain that day and um, got to finish, you know, right at the Rocky Steps at the Museum of Art and all that stuff. So. Uh, but you know, when you when a, when a friend asks you to do something and you know you're able to, why the heck not? You know, I mean, not surprising. How my many takeaway, states
1: do you have left?
2: Yeah, uh, I have quite a few. I think I'm at about 22 or 23, okay. if I recall. So I'm not I, quite halfway. I was gonna say, Blair. My takeaway is I should have
0: not had nearly as much sympathy as I had for him on his Boston travel because he's been trained for this, like going through New York and and to get Philly, and that. Man, like, uh, I was fully, honestly expecting you to be like. So, I was on my flight back
2: from China. China, yeah.
1: Philadelphia right. had a yeah. marathon. I was like, well, <laughs> if I just had a layover. <laughs> well,
2: so I almost did that for China actually, because the like a day before we arrived, Shanghai had a marathon, and I was like, I wonder if I could pull that. I wonder
1: off. if I could just. Uh, and I my
2: work this. was actually fairly supportive. They're like, well, we could change the flight by a day if you want to, and I'm like do I really want to fly into a foreign country <laughs> where I can't speak the language? And if I get lost on the course, I will have literally no way of finding my way back to right. absolutely anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Uh, so I opted for, for the one on the way home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That I listen, I am the more and more that we talk to you, the more I'm like, I should probably not take it upon myself to talk to you all that often. Cause I am the same person <laughs> that someone like Blair, uh, you know, in some of our earlier podcasts, I was like, yeah, running's not going great for me. So I signed up for a half.
2: And, uh, <laughs> yes. I loved that. That was great. There's, there's the, the Sean uh, couch to half marathon plan in like 12 yeah. days or less. Right? It yeah. was
1: great. It was great. It was going to be awesome. It, it, it
2: <laughs> was going to be awesome.
1: I mean, there's um, still potential in the future, but
0: <laughs> the, the Oregon medal is still in a box directly behind me waiting for me to claim it. So, um, yeah. But, uh, now you ran
2: Chicago, right? Was that was your, uh, your marathon. I did 2019 Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Chicago remains one of my all time favorite race experiences though, mm-hmm. ever. Uh, 20, I, I was there in 2017, but just that, that city and that course is just incredible.
0: It I'm um, listen. And I, I, as you're keenly aware, Stephen, I have, uh, our friend Stacy who ran Chicago just last weekend, joked with me that chicago should make me an ambassador because
1: <laughs> it's true
0: <laughs> he was like where do i eat what do i do where should i stay um what you know how do i travel which should, and i just had all the answers cuz my wife I, I can do a pretty good job of planning but my wife did an exceptional job of putting it all together making sure i wasn't on my feet much and all that stuff and i the thing that i can't like fully I I try my hardest to describe to people, is that I understand that everyone has their favorite race and I am not here to knock favorite races. That entire city is on like running steroids when you're there marathon weekend. Like what that city does to show out in force and to support the runners, that's the whole reason. I made the joke in the Uber into the city of ha ha ha, maybe I'll run the 5K and run a marathon. But then every shop, every person you see, I we were in restaurants and they'd be like, you running the marathon? And I'd be like, no, I'm running the 5K, which, um, you know, mild downgrade. But <laughs> the more and more you talk to people, and I had, I, I think I've only really like gone into the whole story once, but like I had this wonderful like moment where we were in a Nike store and there was a son that was like 12 feet in front of his dad and he was running for Crohn's and his dad, was looking for somewhere to like vomit pride and I, I'm a tall person, so I get picked out really quickly and often do just get people to just give me stories that I'm not fully ready for, but this guy kind of locked eyes with me and I'm not here to say, I mean, every father-son relationship is different, but I was like, I we left that story and I was thinking, I wonder if this ever gets relayed to his son directly from him or not, because he was like, that's my son. He's working his butt off, has Crohn's, running for Crohn's. I couldn't be more proud. And I just like, I walked out of that store and was like, that's one of the things that I won't ever forget is that guy and the excitement he had. And you get 15 of those experiences and they just manifest and build upon you the longer you're there. And we left before the marathon that weekend, but I get to to O'Hare to leave. And I'm just like, that was like, the closest I've come to being on drugs, like I was just like that was addictive. I want all of that, and I mean full honesty. Like we went back to Chicago um, about a month and a half or two months ago, and the whole time I'm there, I'm just like it's not marathon weekend. I want I want it to be marathon week. Don't get me wrong, still love the city, but the whole time I was like it's not marathon weekend. I'm I'm, I'm I don't it's fine. Um, But then I watched the marathon, wanted to be there all over again. That changed a little bit as the humidity showed up and like smashed everyone in the face. But yeah, um, there's an energy in that place for those three or four days. Like, I, I don't often have, I don't wanna let go of this moment thing, but like that Monday morning, we stayed in Chicago, I woke up Monday morning, and it was like the first time ever that like my wife was getting the stuff ready, and I was like, Can you go out of the room? I need like five minutes just to like sit with this. Cause I was like, I do not want this to be over. And that's that, that's that whole weekend is just superb.
2: Yeah, same. Uh, so we're colored by our experiences, right? Uh, obviously. Yeah. And, and uh, I think nothing, not nothing, but there's very few things that change your life. Like crossing the line of something or accomplishing something that you never imagined would be possible, and that doesn't have to be a marathon. So hear me yeah. if if you're a 10k runner, yeah. there it's there's nothing that says marathon is the only thing. I mean, there are clearly 200 mile races, so it's not mm-hmm. like. Distance is the only thing, yeah. but crossing the line of my first marathon, which was in Fargo, uh, holds a very special place in my heart. I, and I'm like an ambassador for them as well. My wife and I talk about how Fargo is this amazing race and it's nowhere near Omaha for the record, um, yeah. but it was because it was the site of both of our first marathons. And Chicago holds that similar place for me as well. Uh, And and like you, we actually visited Chicago earlier this uh, summer with our kids. And I was like, oh, this is nice. It's not the same as when I was there for the marathon. But it holds this special place for me because uh, I had had this string of terrible races through 15 and 16 after qualifying but not qualifying of either having GI distress or having some mental struggles or terrible weather. Like, for instance, a lot of people love Grandma's Marathon, Mm -hmm. I can't stand that race because I was there for the 40th anniversary of it. And it was like 75 degrees at the start and the black flags were out. And it was like one of my worst experiences. (laughs) I know it's a great race. Okay. But for me, it was bad. But Chicago was like this, this life-changing experience because I finally ran to my potential at that time. Uh, And so like that, that has the same effect. And just similarly, then when I stepped into Boston this time, just walking down Boylston, even before the race, I was I was getting choked up just yeah. walking down the street, and during the race, I'm at mile 23 and I'm like almost ready to cry. And I was like, Stephen, you got to hold it together. We got 5K <laughs> left to go. Like the race yeah. is not done yet. Um, and I think I think one of the things that's that's challenging for us as runners is trying to explain how a race or an experience like that can mean so incredibly much to you, to non runners. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, whether I'm talking to my family or or who aren't runners or, you know, coworkers or whatnot, trying to explain this past weekend and what it meant to me mentally and emotionally, it is, is 10 times, a hundred times as important as it was for me physically. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think A lot of people in chicago and boston had that same experience because they were both like the return of these huge races not that you can't have it in small races but just that collective energy of the city especially the volunteers and all the runners together accomplishing things that you just didn't imagine were possible and you didn't realize you needed us so much uh, mentally and, and emotionally even more so um just I'm not sure where I was headed with with that all of that but just to uh, say that you know it that's what I needed. It, I think it's what we all needed. It doesn't
0: have to have a landing end point. Everything you said I think was really really well said. It doesn't have to have a total finite point but like I mean I was I'm I'm, I'm decent friends with a couple of people that were just at Chicago to be on aid stations. And they were so excited that the first time I saw them post about it, I was like, oh, they must be running the race because they're that excited. And then (laughs) like the next story was them just being like, and I'll be at the aid station. And I was like, wow, that's a level of excitement that um, I can't fully grasp. And like, I mean, everything you said there too, I like really struck me because like Chicago one was my first marathon crossing that line I, I've i told Blair, like, and I mentioned on the podcast once or twice, I actually felt like fraudulent crossing that finish line because, like, the whole thing was a high. The whole race was a high for me. I thankfully didn't hit a wall. The whole thing was a high. And I take that left and I see the finish line. And only then, even though I was counting down 24, 25, 400 meters, 200 meters, you make that left and you're like, I don't entirely feel like I deserve to be here as people are falling down and everyone's gassing. And to your point earlier, like I loved playing sports when I was in high school, but I didn't, I ran cross country, but I didn't dedicate myself to it. My mom would come to meets, but it's kind of hard to spectate cross country because everyone goes in the woods for 20 minutes and then comes back. And I had never had an opportunity as a kid, I think when you're a kid, you'd love to be like, I'd love to play something or do something that my parents can come see me partake in it, experience it. And I always kind of wanted that as a kid and I didn't get it. And it was kind of a mental health, uh, thing for me. I had anxiety about being in sports in high school. And, but then I get, and I, and In my late teens, I started realizing too that my parents had like killed themselves just to raise the my sisters and I well, and I just had this like uh, Angie Angela spoke to it really well. She had let's do life list instead of bucket list. But at that time, some of my bucket list was just I want to be able to take my parents somewhere and say, don't worry about the cost, don't worry about the experience, just enjoy yourselves. And I got to do that in Chicago, and then I got to have them at a place where I was doing something that meant more to me than possibly anything I personally have done, you know, aside from getting married and those things, which are fantastic life moments. Right. The marathon was me. You know, I had wonderful support from those people, but I got to take my parents to a city they'd never been to. We like bought them a massively outrageous gift card to go to a dinner where they could spend fraud, like outlandishly without fear. And I yeah. said, get dressed, go have a wonderful night at dinner. They got lost. I had to help them find the place. <laughs> like they were like, we can do it. And then they got to be out on the course and they got to see the other 40 something thousand people that had also poured their guts out to do that. And I got to see them four or five times along the course and be happy. like. Seven-year-old, excited, happy every time I saw them. Got to finish. Got to have my dad do the funny thing where he tries to make the experience worse for him than for me, and all those (laughs) things that I just love. You know, like my dad's like, "I'm tired." You know, I worked my butt off today, and I'm like, "Bro." Um, But yeah, I nothing about that weekend went wrong. Like I said, my wife did an amazing job of making it stress-free. I didn't think I didn't have to do anything and like how do you want to let that go that monday morning i was like i don't want any of this to like i had to absorb it i wanted to hold it i wanted to keep it and um that's i love that you got that too in your first marathon experience i love that you got that too in chicago and full honesty like i was so happy every time you posted again about boston and <laughs> joked that you posted again about boston and I'm I'm really happy that Blair shared with me that you were like secretly planning to do it because then <laughs> I was getting more excited as your post popped up that you were like, oh, you know, just went out and did nine and uh, that's it. Nothing else to report here. Nothing and, to see. Yeah, but then, you know, I, honestly, your excitement, like so many people's excitement kind of washed over me last weekend of just like. God, like, and I was so happy for not just the people we've talked to on the podcast, but everyone else that I know that got to do Boston or Chicago. I mean, listen, Chicago, but the people that have earned the right to be in Boston, and especially, you know, like that was Brooke's first time and Katie's first time. And that race means so much to so many. They got to do it in one of the rarest moments ever, but to your point. So I was like, you know, I hadn't, Talk to you at all really until today. But, and I, you know, I was just like, I'll wait to share all this, but it, it, I felt all of that good vibe, happy, you know, sappy everything that you had. Cause I think runners understand it. Like you pour so much of yourself into doing something and you, especially through stress, you know, you've had fractures of your bones. You've ridden your bike for hours and hours and <laughs> swam and all of a sudden became a triathlete just through having to will yourself to try and get to this place. And then you got it. Like is there nothing greater to celebrate than the will to get to that? That's fantastic. So that all made me incredibly happy and I just wanted to pass that along to you. Well,
2: well thank you. Uh you know one of one of my goals is really is that I hope that I can inspire and encourage others. I I said that as kind of one of a a goal for in general on Instagram, but also it was one of my um, New Year's resolutions this year was that I really wanted, especially my Instagram presence to be about inspiring and encouraging others. And then I actually felt like when I had the first tractor, I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to be doing that resolution this year because there's like, what am I, what do I have to, to say or inspire? And there were some weeks where I was like, I just don't have anything good to say. Uh, but then, you know, some people had reached out to me when I would post about injury and recovery and when that, they're like, hey, I'm going through something similar. And I was like, man, mm-hmm. this is why I'm a part of that community. Sure, yeah. there's some toxicity and sure there's, you know, not everything is healthy and all of that. But like, this is really the whole point, right? That's why we're, yeah. a lot of us are on there is that we see others. We are inspired by that. We want to encourage that. And like, there's gen. I mean, I was genuinely happy for so many people Mm -hmm. Um, and, and what they did in, in Chicago and in Boston and lots of other races, Berlin and some small races as well. Um, just because I, I, you know, we know what it takes to go through, um, whether it's injury or whether it's the training or or whatever, uh, we know what it takes to, to put that effort forth and to try and go after something that seems impossible or seems, you know, out of reach. And, um, I, I, I hope that I do that for others. I I really do. That's a a goal of mine. So I I appreciate you saying that.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, one you got you got one for sure. Um, And like, I I I think it's great that you said that too about the positivity thing for you know just Instagram social media. I've been reading so much about um, you know Facebook and Instagram's success sometimes is um, built upon the easy the easy out, which is. Igniting negative, you know, inciting hatred, doing all those things, and at first I was like, you know, really disappointed and bummed, and then you know, the logic side of my brain kicked in of like they're profit based, they need interaction, and I, for a minute, decided to be kind of mad about it, but then um, I I actually I have a post developed for um, for For further on that I'm gonna put up sometime probably this week of just like. This this, you know, this podcast for the run and as much as of me as it can be possible on my actual running account, um, forced love almost to the point of like where I'm going to force as much love into people (laughs) as I can possibly do in terms of supporting people and being proud of people. Um, And it's the it's the tougher sell. Like, you know, all of the metrics say that a positive, loving post gets less engagement and vitriol reaction than a negative hatred one. But that's where I want to be. And I think that we as people can do a little bit better, you know, to embrace those things. And I think it'll take a lot of, you know, thankfully, you have that same mindset, Blair. You're despite everything that life, especially in 2021, has had, Blair we try to find the good. And even when yes. we're like on fire, yeah. <laughs> which we're on fire a lot,
1: Crashing in an airplane. We at least can laugh about
0: <laughs> it and try to find the good in it. And that's, I mean, that's just where I've landed, especially in the last couple months of just like, we gotta stop letting the toxicity thing be the driver. Let's just like stifle that thing with positivity and good vibes and, and all of those things. And I mean, that's kind of where I landed with
2: everything. Yeah, I think in in some ways, this is not an original quote uh, of mine, obviously, but happiness, it really is a choice a lot of times. And, you know, two examples from from that, uh, one, after the race, after I had the most delicious smoothie I have ever had in my life uh, and and took probably what had to have been the longest shower of my life as well. um, It was easy. uh, I I saw my mind start to drift and say, oh, Stephen, did you see those uh, people that you consider your peers and whatnot? And you see what they ran. And it's really easy to go to, well, if you had just run X seconds faster or if you had Mm -hmm. done this. And I was really pleased with myself because I'm not always this mature, but I was pleased with myself to say, stop it. Yeah. You you came back from stress fractures. You yeah. didn't have the training that you wanted and you ran a smart race and have absolutely everything to be proud of. And I was able to mm-hmm. shut that down, but it is a choice because you can yeah. easily let that just completely derail the whole experience. And there, I would not be on cloud nine like I am today if I had chosen to go down that. And I think the same yeah. can be true for, how we view social media. Um, mm-hmm. and I can say that for me personally, without, uh, social media, I would have never met Tyler, despite him living in my own city. Yeah. Um, I would have never, uh, you know, this, this past summer when I was, my wife and I took a vacation down to Florida, I got to run with Blair. I got to run with Melissa. I got yeah. to run with Patrick, uh, cutter, uh, and all of them I've only met because of Instagram or through social media. And I think, So in some ways, it's really what we um, put into it or what we or what we get out of it is what we put into it. Uh, And that is a choice. You know, we we get to choose how we're going to view that. And I guess I would just encourage people to to view it that way. Um, And when you see stuff on Instagram or social media, you can be the person that uh, types in, you know, a positive, encouraging comment and roots other people on or you can tear them down and compare yeah. yourself all the time. I think that yeah. the, the choice is, is pretty obvious, but mm-hmm. doesn't make, I mean, we always make, it. I, um, I had listened to, um,
0: I think it was an armchair expert where he does experts on experts. And he had a psychologist from, I think like Switzerland on, and it was such an interesting, it really landed with me. And it was, um, they did this like survey and they, they, they followed some people that are Parisians that live in, you know, in Paris and, they interviewed, like they followed some people around in like New York. And the difference was the Parisians from the American perspective, people in Paris are always grumpy. They're always mad. And they're like, so Americans are like, man, people in Paris are just pissy and not kind. And 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 then from the Parisian perspective, it was well you know the wait staff is always very nice and the you know the way that we interact as americans is always very nice but then on the actual psychological spectrum the americans are actually more negative internally less happy whereas the parisians were much happier and the difference was really that people in paris seemingly accepted that happiness was not a default happiness is a choice whereas in new york those people viewed today I have to be happy. That's what I'm supposed to be, which as either a person that works in an H&M or a waiter or someone on the sidewalk, our default should be happy and we're great. And I've joked with some of my coworkers now of like, should we just start being honest with each other? Because how many times a day do we all say to each other, how are you? And the default metric is okay. No, no, no. Um, But that really like, I came home that night and I was like, this was so fascinating. Just like, yeah, perceptionally, people in Paris seem to be angrier, grumpier, blunter, but I think it's because they accept that happiness doesn't have to be the default. And as such, they just arrive at a place where they are a lot more comfortable with the fact that if I'm not happy today, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be happy. And I thought that was a really profound kind of way to look at everything.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Well, I want to know what's next for you. What's in yeah. the future, my friend?
2: <laughs> uh, a good I know you question, have goals. <laughs> yes, I, I do. I, I certainly want to get back to the, the marathon I've I've speed, speed I've had in the past. Um, I know that's going to be a process to get there. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll be doing Boston again in the spring, assuming my um, qualifying time is enough under the cutoff. We'll see what the field size is and all of that. Um, for the rest of the fall, it's really going to be about being smart about training, um, slowly building up the mileage, uh, eventually adding speed work back. I like I, I mentioned, I have this half I jumped into next weekend, <laughs> uh, and then I have a ridiculous half in December that's a, a deferral. So um, everyone thinks Nebraska's flat; it's really which part of it is, but Omaha is right next to the Missouri River, and so the section or omaha itself is not flat just across the river into iowa there's this um uh nature trail basically that is a it's called a hitchcock nature center but anyway they have a hitchcock experience in december that's it's always snowed and so you're like traipsing around it's a trail race um through usually a foot or more of snow <laughs> and i'm i'm doing the pansy race which is one loop uh, and it's, it's about a, about a half marathon <laughs> Um, no, it's not what it's called because the the full race, they have a, it's a hundred miles and it's eight loops of this ridiculousness. And in one loop, it's something stupid, like 2,500 feet of elevation gain. And so the people that then do eight loops just do the math there. I mean, it's ridiculous. So that's just a for completion. Like Steven does one trail race a year and just makes a fool of himself. So that will be like, you know. (laughs) you just complete it and you say, gosh, that was really stupid, uh, but it's fun. So it's a <laughs> deferral that, cause last year didn't happen. So I have that in December. Um, but then for the, for the spring, I, I don't really know. Um, I would like to get back into kind of some more serious training. Um, but I, I, also really enjoyed kind of my brief foray into triathlon as well. So, um, I need to really sit down and make some, um, make some firm goals because I, I'm a, I am a believer that it, you either, uh, plan to fail or you either plan to fail or fail to plan. And so um, I really need to look at what I, what I want to accomplish in, in 2022. Do you want to be like a,
1: six-star finisher like i do i do so yeah so
2: my wife and i have uh entry into new york for next fall so okay um, that was a deferral from 2020 uh was canceled and so then you could uh defer into one of the later years so we have that next fall it'll probably be like a a getaway trip for the two of us and we'll both run the marathon but uh so yes eventually but as you may know london and tokyo are insanely hard to get into so it's probably a five to ten year goal or something and that's like find someone with connections
0: right i uh so you you had mentioned a couple of times and you know your wife also is a marathoner and um please uh enlighten me a little bit on how two people with three children can marathon train and not lose their minds
2: you're uh,
1: good at taking turns, carefully you're very good uh, at carefully. Taking turns.
2: yeah carefully um they do so a great job yeah. It just takes a lot of planning. Um, thankfully she's not as uh, insane as I am about <laughs> marathoning. So she really Our does insanity, prefer to do, it's
1: structured. You're very right, structured. Yeah.
2: <laughs> she, she prefers to do maybe one marathon a year or so, uh, not like many. Um, so, but during the the throes of marathon training, you know, sometimes it'll be, she'll fit her long Lauren in on Friday so I can do mine Saturday or we'll do Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Our kids are Mostly old enough now that we can leave the three of them, and the house will still be standing and not on fire when we get home. <laughs> um, but it certainly does take some planning. Um, but I also have to uh, temper my role as a coach and a husband for her because I I write her plans for her, uh, which okay. is actually one of the highlights of my life was um, seeing her break for uh, yeah at Indy, it was so um, cool a year yeah. and a half or two years ago. Uh, that was it was just. I had an okay race, but honestly, I didn't even care once I saw her uh, cross the finish line. Uh, that was just one of my favorite pictures of all time is her coming in and getting to hug her just past the finish line, seeing her accomplish something that I knew she would be able to do, but she was unsure of that was just meant the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those moments are, you know, supreme in, in stature to some of the things that we might hold in esteem personally. So yeah, like when Autumn finished her first half, like I finished in front of her and I got to like tuck myself in to like 10 feet in front of the finish line. And Richmond has this great big downhill that to end. It's like 200 feet downhill to the point where you're like, if I trip, I die. (laughs) (laughs) I still cross the line because momentum will just propel me down the hill. Um, But uh, yeah, thankfully she like picked me out and I got to like record her coming down and she was That's crazy awesome. pumped so yeah those moments are awesome but yeah 6 star would be yeah london and tokyo <laughs> a little bit challenging right yeah someday for sure for sure yeah and uh the last thing i want to get in on here just a little bit and uh so blair and i have been doing just goofy things lately with some of our other episodes where we're talking about tv shows and movies and um Blair definitely just through the fact that she is so close in proximity gave me uh, a little clue onto the fact that you might like Disney just a little bit so
2: yeah. yes we we do like Disney quite a bit um so much so that the our trip this summer was just the two of us, Aaron and I we left the kids at home um, <laughs> which they were not super fond of when we told them but it was just you know it's such a magical place I've, I''m I, I don't want to come across like a huge um, Disney nerd. We've only been there twice as an adult. So it's not like I'm going, uh, you know, every weekend or something or every, even every year, but yes, huge Disney fan. Uh, the the parks are are just magical. And it was everything that I remember as a kid when we went there um, when our, with our kids a few years back. And then again, this summer um, I'm also a big uh, parks and rec fan, which I, I know that you are as well. Yes. <laughs> So big, my yep. goodness. Um,
0: our we have we have Peacock and our my wife and I I's icons. I'm Ron Swanton and she's Leslie. Nice, <laughs> nice. Ron Swanson, I think, is just like life goals for a lot of people. <laughs> yep, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's that.
2: Although, I think uh, Leslie would have the edge on uh, carb loading for a marathon with uh, oh, JJ's boy. Diner. Yeah. yeah. Ron would have a terrible approach. He would
0: go specific. <laughs> yes. It would blow up in his face. That and is- he'd get
2: the meat sweats about mile two, I think.
0: <laughs> I really like that we just spent even 30 seconds talking about Parks and Rec character marathon <laughs> outcomes. <laughs> Andy would be hosed. I mean, we all know that... Uh, you know,
2: <laughs> he, he completes a lap and then takes his pants off and says, I want to die. If I record <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the great memes
0: that's thank- thankfully has made its way on the Instagram for runners is the Andy Dwyer stripped down after a lap on the track. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yeah. Oh man. This is, um, I know that Blair and I, after we usually get done recording, Blair and I usually are like, ah, <sighs> like, like. To your point, you had the best smoothie of your life when you finished Boston. I think Blair and I often come out of these being like cup refilled in terms of feeling good. And uh, I will just it's, say yeah. it on the pod today that this has been, I think, a much needed moment of filling back up. And I want to say thanks for coming on and doing a whole, whole, whole bunch of that. And I think you'll do a whole, whole bunch of it for everyone that gets to listen. So.
2: I really appreciate that. It was absolutely my pleasure. You guys are the best. And I I really love that you're doing this and talking to uh, what seems like, you know, all of my friends. um, I, (laughs) I, 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 uh, as I was uh, suffering through that, the second uh, of the two stress fractures, I stopped listening because I'm like, no, I I listen (laughs) when I am running and I am not (laughs) running right now. So then when I started back, I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. I have like uh, this, uh, this pl- role of, of friends that I can listen to as I work my way back. And it was like, you know, getting to, to talk to friends as I, um, as I ran through, you know, the, the recovery. So I appreciate that. And thank you for that. That is awesome. Thank you.
1: That's our goal. We just to want to hang you. out with our friends all the time. We really
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: We can't really see each other all the time, but this way I can and still be together. Right. So <laughs> I like this right. way a lot. <laughs>
0: 100%. Um, well, yeah, again, I want to say big, big, big congrats on Boston. I uh, I was really just so happy for you and for so many of our friends. Like, um, it was like, and I've, I've made the connection before of like, when you get to see people you've never met at a marathon, it's like a high school reunion in the weirdest way. Like people are like, those people must have known each other for decades. And you're like, nope, actually I've never seen 90% of these people. But just watching, like my feed was just crushed with all of these <laughs> yeah. people that I I've only met two in person and they're all at Boston. And I was like, I should have RSVP'd to the reunion. I'm really bummed
2: that all my friends. It was are really a the
1: release. best Monday at work I've had ever.
2: <laughs> well, I know you guys have interviewed Todd. Uh, I mean, he just came out and just stood at the finish line the day before, and like, I'll be yep. here at noon or whatever. Yep. And hold, I mean, it's, it helps that he's like seven feet tall, and so I right. can see him. I, I know you're tall as well, Sean, but because uh, if I went do that, no one, no one would find me. I mean, uh, five eight. Uh, I, so it was great to see him and. (laughs) people just all these people coming up to him and it's, uh, it's like a reunion
0: i told todd either tuesday or wednesday i said the next time that we are able to plan a trip to boston we're going to plan it around marathon weekend and Todd and I are just going to set up a booth on the Sunday. <laughs> Todd and I will just stand at the finish line and announce to the world that Todd and I are at the finish line. Um, and then I made the joke, he's like six, six, I'm six, seven. So I said that we should call our booth the Baker's Dozen because it's 13 feet man. Oh, that's well um, done. That's but, well done. Uh, Very he was witty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get Yeah. He was like, I'm in. Just tell me when you're going to do that. And I was like, well, thankfully, I have like 12 more years to do it before you qualify for Boston. So. Right. Plenty um, of time. <laughs> plenty of time. But yeah. So huh. thank you very much for coming on, for chatting with us, for uh, going through the entire Boston thing. I fully support you a whole nother week of Boston IG posts. I'm all here for it. So um yeah see what i can do yeah awesome awesome (laughs) awesome well yeah i'm looking forward to seeing you wrap up the year hopefully no more um awkward elderly related injuries uh, all the best in the 2022 man all
2: right thanks guys Yep.